I'm going to talk about something that, you know, really shouldn't be that controversial, but a lot of, you know, people are going to think so. (laughs) And, um, the idea that like you shouldn't involve race in the medical field, I think, um, to the extent that certain races are predisposed to certain types of illnesses, I think doctors should be made aware of that, that the condition may, you know, be more prevalent in um, certain certain races of people, right? People from Africa, people, Jewish people, etc. So I'm not against that. What I'm against and what this is going to be about is the fact that this idea of white privilege, this this social experiment that we've all been having to deal with since George Floyd and before that, really, you know, the CRT stuff, that somehow this idea, this concept that there's, you know, white people are always oppressing black people everywhere uh, at all times and white people are to blame for black failure, right? Somehow the systemic racism, right, that the police are hunting down black people, this is what black people apparently think, and some, you know, really liberal white people, <laughs> uh, that we, we owe you know, reparations to black people. Um, these ideas uh, are seeping into pretty much every industry. And you would, you know, the last places you would think that this stuff would seep into would be would be areas that really matter. Areas where, you know, it's about life or death, right? And we saw this sort of seep into um, the vaccine distribution whenever the vaccine for COVID initially rolled out, right? It was scarce. It was a new vaccine. Who was going to get it first? I mean, I think we could all sort of agree that elderly people uh, should should have been the first people in line because they're the most vulnerable. But you had black people saying, no, screw these old white people, all these, <laughs> screw these old white fogies. Uh, we're black. We matter the most. Uh, we, we are the most oppressed, right? Uh, screw your grandmother, screw your white grandmother, and screw your kids. We want this vaccine first. And so we're going to demand racial preferences in medicine based on the fact that we're black and we matter the most and white people matter least. Uh, we're going to demand that we get the vaccine above anyone else. And so they started to, this was the perfect opportunity for blacks to interject this idea that, that race should matter when we have, you know, scarcity, when we have shortages and, you know, black people to the extent that they're on, you know, government uh, benefits the most frequently in the most frequent numbers, they're always thinking about scarcity because who do they get their health care from? Right. The government, the government pays for it mostly. So, yeah, they're going to be they're going to be highly aware of of shortages. Right. Because they're not even paying for their own health care. Most of the time they get it for free from the government and the government gets when it hands out resources or creates artificial shortages, um, then uh, then there's going to be there's going to be a battle for these for these resources. Right. So. Blacks are sort of keenly aware that the government creates scarcity, but also government can uh, um, allow, you know, favored groups and blacks want the, want the favored group to be them to have the medicine, right, above other groups. Now, 
why do black people think this is going to be good for race relations, right? Do we really think that elevating certain groups of people, certain races of people above other races of people is going to be good for race relations in the future? I mean, I, I don't know if I've, I can't think of anybody I've met that actually thinks this way, right? But, but they're viewing this as a zero sum game and the idea that we, you know, <laughs> if you're not being exploited, um, you, you yourself need to be doing the ex- exploitation through the state. Um, so I'm going to basically try to read from this article. And here's a, here's a little summary. The title is, New Medical School Standards Require Competencies in White Privilege Anti-Colonialism. This is a Breitbart article. Um, So here it goes. The Association of American Medical Colleges released new standards for teaching medicine that require students to achieve competencies in white privilege, anti-colonialism, and race as a social construct, among other race essentialist ideas. So um, what does this mean? Uh, They don't explain. Since the founding of the United States, there have been systemic health and health care inequities grounded in racism, sexism, homophobia, classism, and other forms of discrimination that still permeate our current health system. The diversity, equity, inclusion, competencies across the learning continuum, which AAMC released this month, um, states. Okay. They're just stating their opinion. They're not even backing it up with any real evidence. Um, and this is these are just clips, apparently, of the article. They must also demonstrate the value of diversity by incorporating dimensions of diversity into the patient's health assessment and treatment plan. What the hell does that mean? As well as knowledge of the intersectionality of a patient's multiple identities and how each identity may result in varied and multiple forms of oppression or privilege related to clinical decisions and practice. Those entering residency are also expected to identify, quote, systems of power, privilege, oppression, and their impacts on health outcomes. Example, white privilege, racism, sexism, heterosexism, albinism, (laughs) I don't know what that is, Uh, religious oppression. Oh, ableism? I don't know what that is. Articulating race as a social construct is also required for young doctors because it apparently, quote, a health a cause of health and health care inequities. Though, quote, not a risk factor for disease. This was race as a, as a social construct. This exercise is part of the AAMC's push to practice, quote, anti-racism and critical consciousness in health care. Further in that section, the AAMC identifies, quote, colonization, white supremacy, a cultural culturalization and assimilation as systems of oppression on health and health care. Indeed, the organization has some control over medical school accreditation and could threaten threaten that unless the school complies with its race medicine prescriptions. Similarly, the AAMC administers the MCAT, the Medical College Admissions Test, where it can force medical students to be learned in the ideology at risk of failing and being unable to accept, be accepted into medical schools. Fail, sorry, 
uh, where it can force medical students to be learned in the ideology at risk of failing and being unable to be accepted into medical schools. So this organization controls the MCAT. They can put questions on there that ask about white privilege, right? If they want to put, if they want to, if they want to encourage a lot of like woke people, let's say black people who probably have studied this more than any other group, they can ask a bunch of, you know, oppression questions, CRT stuff on the MCAT that really have nothing to do with medical, medical science. Now, again, uh, I, I admit that like certain races, Jewish people, black people, they might have higher instances of a certain disease. And I think doctors should be made aware of it. That's not what this is saying. This is saying that these medical students need to be taught about white privilege, right? White privilege is now something that must be taught to all graduating doctors. Um, why, why does this have any relevancy to the field of medicine, right? Uh, this, I, this, this woke ideology is infecting everything, right? It also infects, um, law schools, right? Law schools is where we really see it. And the solution to get around this stuff is for, for Republican states to start distancing themselves from these accreditation boards, whether it's medical school, whether it's law schools, uh, that we need to start going our own way, right? The red states need to say, throw their hands up and say, look, you don't get to dictate your woke ideology doesn't get to dictate how law schools and medical schools in my state are going to operate. So what that means is that blue states can adopt this stuff and then red states can ha- set up their own accreditation board or not have any at all, Right. And, and these schools can then operate with, um, uh, without having to bow down to what these medical boards or law school boards say they need to include in the curriculum. I think this is the solution, right? So let the blacks, right? Let the liberal states, uh, that want to support black people in this fashion, uh, have their medical schools, right? In their democratic ran states. But, uh, let the right go their own way, where they don't want to include the CRT garbage nonsense into scientific fields, medical school, and law schools. Law schools, right, determine the next lawyers who make laws, right, who are going to sit, become judges, who are eventually going to sit at the highest courts in the land. We do not want them subjected to mandatory CRT white, you know, privilege sessions. And red states, why are they going along with these tyrant accreditation boards? I don't get it, right? They, they, they have, you know, if it's a really conservative state, right, which let's be honest, the demographics of this country are changing, right? But they're not there yet, right? The, the, the left hasn't completely won yet. But while there still exists red states, this, this idea of white privilege is deeply unpopular. Of, you know, reparations for black people, deeply unpopular with the general public, right? Nobody wants to give black people money <laughs> and no one wants CRT shoved down their throats, right? Even Hispanics don't benefit from CRT. At least they don't, they're not the first people to benefit. Blacks are the people who benefit from CRT, not Hispanics. Hispanics don't like CRT. 
uh, maybe not as much as white people, but they're getting there, right? They've had, they've pretty much had it with these black people. Like they really, they, they've been, they feel like they've been ignored by the Democratic Party. They're, they're almost ready to go full on Republican. This is sort of a Democrat's worst nightmare, right? Thinking that all the minorities are just going to flock to them. Uh, but what they've done is they become the party of and for black people and, and Hispanics are feeling a little bit, um, you know, like the middle child, right? They're feeling like, well, what, what is the Democrat party doing for me lately? And the answer is nothing. <laughs> uh, so, so red states need to get their act together. I don't know what's going on with the Republican party. It is really weak. And if you're a Democrat, you at least have that going for you, right? Um, the Republican party is disorganized, right? They, they don't have any balls. Um, they're just sort of going along with, you know, they, they put candidates out there that, that are diverse because they, they actually accept the left's argument that we should elevate diversity above all else. Um, if they were true, if they were really representative of their base, uh, they wouldn't have any black candidates, right? They just wouldn't. I mean, why would you hire, why would you put a black person, a black face, right? You can get that with the Democratic Party. That's not what a Republican wants to see. And I'm being honest here. I would never vote for a black person unless it was like Thomas Sowell, right? Lipton Matthews, a very rare black person, right? Who isn't a collectivist, who isn't going to just vote for good things for black people. But that is so rare to find that I pretty much can guarantee you that no black that, that I could vote for ever, who, who's a libertarian, who's an individualist, right? Who isn't just going to vote in reparations for blacks, uh, there would be no, no such person that would ever run. So I can pretty much guarantee you that's not going to happen. And, I, and so why would any white person at this point vote for a black person? Because every single black person that we see is, is, is voting for good things for blacks, right? It likes affirmative action, right? It's, it would be very rare to see a truly individualist black person who's liberty-minded, who, who, doesn't, who wants to reverse affirmative action, who wants to get rid of mandated diversity inclusion policies, who, who wants to get rid of CRT everywhere, who wants to prosecute people that, that hire blacks just because of their skin color, right, to get their quota numbers up, right? This would be a black person that would be so rare because they would have to go against, you know, all of their upbringing, uh, their own race, right, would shun them. It, it's possible to have this type of person, just listed a few of them for you, but they're very, very rare. And I doubt that any of these black people that would be very, very rare would actually run for office. But the, what my point is here is that the Republicans are so weak that they, they think that putting a diverse candidate out there for the right to, you know, for the only reason to say, Hey, look, we we're race neutral too, or we're yay diversity. Uh, uh, no, nobody really on the right wants to see that, right? Uh, stop running these people. I will not vote for any of them <laughs> and I'm not going to even vote for the right because I don't think they deserve uh, the, um, the vote. But, you know, when are people going to wake up? I think it's going to take some life and death stuff. I think it's going to take a black affirmative action pilot crashing a plane, right? A diversity hire that, that wasn't, you know, put in this position because they can truly fly a plane. They're just to fill some quota. Right. And we've, we, we, we hear, stories of airlines trying to 
you know, do anything they can to hire some black pilots. And let's be honest here, they're, they're cutting standards. Um, so in the medical field, they're going to be cutting standards as well. They're also going to be uh, what, what this medical school standard is doing. It's not, it's not that it's lowering standards for new doctors. It's that it's entrenching this ideology that white people should feel guilty for blacks and give up their position in line, right? So a lot of times you need a new kidney, right? Let's say you need a new organ and you get put on this list, right? And this list is going to dictate the order in which um, someone gets the next kidney that's available because there's not enough kidneys or heart or whatever it is that you need available. Um, so what does this ideology then suggest in the future? Well, it suggests that black people are on top of this racial hierarchy since whites have been, you know, assumed to have quote unquote white privilege. And so these newly minted doctors who in medical school had to take white privilege courses are going to say to themselves, well, let me just slip this black person's name ahead of all these white people, right? Because it's just, it's just the right thing to do. These white people have privilege, you know, we're going to elevate black people above all other races. So no one's going to care. This is the right thing to do. This is what I should do. You know, we see the same thing in the field of law. Law students are being told by their progressive uh, professors to that, that they should be number one fighting quote unquote racism in the law at every turn. This means that they're going to feel completely at home with themselves as newly minted law, law school students um, of, you know, if they're maybe a public defender, right? And they're defending, um, let's say maybe uh, a white person who, who, you know, allegedly killed a black guy. Maybe they're not going to do the best job. Maybe they're going to think, you know what? Um, I'm supposed to defend this guy, but I really don't want to because I'm biased because I think that uh, this, you know, uh, they should go to jail. And so I'm not going to do a great job. So, so think of something like that. Think of at every turn, these new law students trying to subvert the law in favor of blacks, um, not charging them, not prosecuting them, giving them, you know, lighter sentencing, whatever you could think of. Um, they're going to do. Well, the same in the medical field. They're going to elevate black people. They're going to get them in first to the, to, you know, the hospital wing. They're going to, uh, give them the first heart that's available. Uh, they're going to, uh, give them the first COVID shots or some other new, you know, illness that comes around and there's a scarcity of vaccines. They're going to start saying, okay, black people to the front of the line and white people to the back. That's what, that is what this implies, right? This is what all of these race-based injections, this white privilege nonsense stuff that is going to be injected into medical, the medical profession, this is what it will result in. Now, does anyone really think that this is good for race relations? Hey, people are just going to sit back and take it, right? Do, are they, do they really think that whites are going to or grandmother die uh, because some black wants to go first. I don't think so, right? This is how ethnic war starts. This is an escalation, right? Why do black people, especially, 
think that this is okay, right? That they can treat other races this way, right? That they, that they can exploit other races to their own advantage. I, I really want to talk to a black person who thinks this way. Um, and who thinks that, you know, this is a great idea to inject racial preferences into life or death fields, right? It's one thing to inject this kind of stuff into affirmative action for medical schools or affirmative action for pilots, you know, industries where real lives are at stake here and, and knowing your stuff really matters. Um, you know, why doesn't Biden have a black affirmative action pilot, you know, piloting Air Force One? or Marine One, right? The helicopter. Why has, you know, does he have, you know, but even then uh, he would probably get the best black pilots there were. So maybe that's not a good example. But the point is, is that uh, if you lower standards, you're going to get worse applicants. And let's face it, if your goal is to hire more black people, these black people are going to be worse off, right? They're going to, they're not going to be as good because you're looking at a smaller pool of people to choose from. Uh, so this is bad on itself, right? Um, you know how many lawsuits Southwest Airlines is going to face whenever their first black pilot crashes that plane and your relatives are on that plane or, you know, it falls on my house. You know how many lawsuits they're going to have? And it's really sad, but Every single black person that I see piloting one of these, air, you know, airplanes that this airline said that they want to up their diversity and inclusion goals, right? That they've lowered standards to include more black people. I'm just going to assume this black person is incompetent, right? And waiting for, I'm just waiting for the, the, the pilot to crash the plane. And it may not even be his fault. He may be the best pilot ever, right? But the fact that Southwest Airlines is now saying, we're going out of our way to hire blacks, even if they are incompetent, we're going to lower our standards to get our numbers up. Uh, they're going to have massive lawsuits against them for not hiring the best person for the job, regardless of race. And now that you have affirmative action, every time a black person is hired anywhere, they're always assumed to be incompetent, even if they're competent. And it's really a sad affair that black people have to constantly, you know, endure these looks of, I don't, you know, these people don't think I should be here and they have to prove themselves. Well, why do these black people think that is, you know, do these black people ever look in the mirror and say, maybe we should get rid of affirmative action. And then all these white people wouldn't assume that I'm not competent in my job. They never say that. I, I don't know if they're stupid, if they haven't thought this through logically. Like, what is going on in this black person's mind, right? The only logical explanation as a white person <laughs> with affirmative action running rampant is to assume any black person is incompetent until proven otherwise. And no white person likes to think that, but it's the honest truth. And I, I guarantee you, we all do. <laughs> but, you know, when light, when it's like, you know, if it's a teacher, it's, you know, if it's a teacher, Google hires some black and competent black, not a big deal, right? But when it's your pilot, right? When it's your doctor, that is a big deal because this is life or death. And this is, this, this story goes above and beyond just affirmative actions for black people, right? This is injecting, you know, black people good, white people bad, this hierarchy into medical school training, into law school training, right? So this is, this is now going to direct, right? 
who gets what, who gets access to medical care first, who gets access to medical care last. If you're black, you're going to get the vaccine first. If you're white, you're going to get it last. If you're, if you, if you're white, if you have white kids, you're supposed to just let some other black kid go in front of your kid because they're black and they just deserve it because they're black. Hell no, right? This is the idea of self-sacrifice. And I've spoken about this at length before, but I don't feel guilty for any black, right? I'm not going to let any black go ahead of me, period. And you can feel the same way as I do if you get rid of your guilt and you don't self-sacrifice to anybody. Self-sacrifice means slavery. So any white person that's okay with affirmative action for blacks is a slave, right? Don't become a slave yourself. Don't give in. Don't like you're basically claiming that you're weak, right? If you're going to let some black person go ahead of you, uh, in my opinion, that's extremely weak thinking. And it's 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 what they call, you know, when you're depressed and stuff. It's not that you don't have confidence. What is it? I don't know. I don't know what it's called. Um you don't have any self-respect. That's what it's called. You don't have any self-respect for yourself if you're basically okay with affirmative action, right? You're basically okay with some black kid, right, getting the job at Google versus your own kid because uh, you feel bad for black people? You feel so bad for black people and so guilty that you're willing to throw your own kid under the bus, right, So for some strange black kid that you don't even know. Um, again, I think the, I think the answer to this, I think the left, right, they become the, the party for black people. I mean, so there's no, there's no saving the left. Uh, they've gone far, too far down this, this, this rabbit hole. But I think the right, I think the right states, the right, the GOP, the red states, sorry, could fight this by just saying, screw this accreditation board. Our schools in our states don't have to follow their mandates, and our law schools and medical school schools will be free from CRT nonsense. So the students that come through our program can practice in our states, and they don't have to bow down to this ideology, right? We're not going to inject this racial hierarchy into our law schools and our medical schools. The question is, why is this not already happening, right? This is CRT has been in law schools for a long time. And, you know, I think medical schools kind of came after that. Why, why on earth aren't the Republicans doing anything about this? What, I think they're really weak. Um, I don't, I don't know what, what, I think that a plane literally has to fall out of the sky, piloted by a black guy, there to be a big story about how Southwest Airlines lowered standards for affirmative action to hire black people. And there needs to be also a lot of people that die in the medical field because uh, a lot of white people that die because black people were put above, you know, jumped in ahead of the line to get some kind of heart surgery or kidney replacement. And so there needs to be some pain, unfortunately, for this to be exposed, right, for, for white people to start getting pissed. I think white people are already pissed off at blacks, right? They're already starting to get pissed off that black people are telling us we're the problem, right, that uh, everything is our fault. Um, but it's sort of still distant. I mean, if you have a kid in school where schools are being taught, a lot of white parents are getting pissed off there. 
but it's still just school. I mean, it's education. Uh, this is life or death, right? This stuff where if your kid dies on a Southwest airline plane uh, that crashes because there's a black incompetent pilot that was hired through this new Southwest Airlines program. This is real, by the way. This was a story I covered about a month ago where Southwest Airlines said, we're going to do everything in our power to get in more black pilots, right? That's our ultimate goal is to have diverse black pilots. And we're going to start doing everything we can, including lowering standards uh, to make that happen. So they're basically telling you their plans. Um, And let's be honest, they're going to have to lower standards. They're going to have to do something to get more black pilots in. Uh, because obviously there's a shortage right now. So what has been the common pattern to increase black numbers at any company or any college school? It's lower standards. Show me a case, right, where you haven't lowered standards to increase black hiring numbers or black college numbers. Uh, And I encourage anybody to call in and debate me or comment, maybe tell me where I'm wrong. Um, yeah, because I could be way off. Okay, I have I have a call. Actually, Lindsay, I'm not I'm not against you what you're saying if you're right, but this has been spoken about, but not sufficiently, uh, like what you're saying. But the Republicans are not cowards. This was spoken about several programs about two years ago because it was already going on, especially with uh, against white white males and Asian males at the, I think, the, not pharmacy, yeah, pharmacy and dentistry school, which they tend, especially Asian males, tend to do really good uh, coming from the, uh, you know, as you get their bachelor's, high grade, good grades and everything, and then take the entry exams to get into the school. So what happened? This is the same type of, of uh Politics, left-wing politics that came out and is bringing down the standard. All in the name of equality, they're just bringing in people that do not. They're substandard. They do not. Normally, they don't. They won't even go into the school. They don't. They don't meet the the standards when they take the test, the entrance exams. So, unfortunately, it's an ongoing problem. But it hasn't spoken about. It's just with all this COVID thing. I believe it just disappeared. But if Breitbart is bringing it back up, Breitbart is conservative pretty much. It should be spoken about. So I'm not in disagreement with what you're saying. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I agree. Something should be done, and it should be attacked, because if they go down this route for biology, medicine, any of the sciences, imagine what they're going to do with STEM. I just, that's my opinion. I agree with you, and I think that, um, you know, I think it's, when it's just, oh, we just need more teachers, you know, that are diverse, it's sort of innocent. I think it's still a form of racism. You know, you're hiring by race. But it's a little bit, you know, you think, well, what, what could be the consequence, right? Maybe my, t- my, teach- my son's teacher is a little bit worse, right? Okay, whatever. Not, it's not going to make a huge difference in his life, most likely. But if you start taking, you know, if you start applying the same ideas of we need more black people in X or Y industry, where, you know, your life could be on the line, right? You are, when you step on board a commercial airliner, you don't get to see the resume of your pilot. You know nothing about it. When you purchase a ticket, you don't know anything. 
right? So in my opinion, if they start lowering standards to produce more black pilots, um, maybe there should be two tiers. Maybe there should be expensive white pilot tickets where you can see the full resume. Hey, they were in the Air Force. And hey, this new black pilot we got here for this is our affirmative action diversity program pilot, you know, came from this program and this push. He's a new guy, right? I know that I realize that they have to, you know, become a first officer first and then, you know, they graduate to becoming a pilot. But still, there's a difference in experience, right? You never know. You could get a more experienced pilot versus a less experienced pilot. And the prices aren't really, they don't really, um, they're not really based on pilot experience, but maybe they should be, especially if they start hiring people who, you know, went through this diversity program where, you know, the public pretty much knows you had to lower standards in order to, you know, graduate these people. So, so, I mean, I would be very upset if a relative of mine died in an, air, in an airplane crash where I knew or I could pretty well assume that the airline didn't hire the best pilot, that they were really wanting to appease the Biden administration, right? They were really wanting to appease black people, right? In, in quota systems. And they put, you know, merit second to race. I'd be really pissed off. I'd be suing the hell out of them. I think there'd be a lot of angry people, you know, violently angry people, not committing violence, but just really, really pissed, right? And this would be, this would spell the end of this diversity game, right? Where this diversity game now has serious consequences for you or a loved one. Um, same with the medical field, right? This idea that you could lower standards. Now you can still, the medical field is a little bit better because you can still pick your doctor in some instances. Um, but where this can go really wrong is that if you have sort of now um, uh, this, this, this a list, right, for organ, to get like an organ uh, donation. Um, and now it's being dictated by these woke people who put black people at the top and white people at the bottom. Uh, you know, if your kid needs an organ transplant and if, if you're white, your, list, your name goes down to the bottom, I, I would imagine that would piss off a lot of white parents, right? And they would be very angry with the administrators who might say, well, I learned this in my medical school training. I had to take this white privilege class. And so it's just morally okay for me to put the white children below the black kids, you know, in need of, you know, a heart transplant or whatever it is that they need. Now there's serious life or death consequences to this, you know, ideology, this compass that says that black people should be ahead of, of anybody else. Um, and that we should just all suffer the consequences if an incompetent black is, is piloting your child's plane and it happens to go down. Well, that's just the price we pay for diversity, right? This is the price we pay to help black people, right? To get them into really good jobs, to get their numbers up, right? Because there's not that many black pilots out there. And if our ultimate goal is to increase the numbers of black pilots, you know, if that's our goal, our main goal, we're going to sacrifice merit, right? We're going to sacrifice standards. It happens in every single field that you uh, are pushing for higher quotas of a certain race, right? Blacks. I can't think of any field where the people have said, hey, we need more black people and standards have gone up.
right? I can't, I mean, maybe there is one. Somebody can call in and, and give me one. I'd love to see an example, right? Maybe basketball, right? But that's kind of a bad example. Um, yeah, so, because um, black people excel, you know, at basketball ahead of most whites statistically, you know, this is all average. I'm not talking about any individual here. Um, but yeah, I think that we're going to have to see a lot of death, a lot of unnecessary, you know, bad stuff happen for whites to get some balls, right? Because they're so scared of being called racist. No one wants to talk about this stuff. Um, and people do feel bad for blacks. Like, I get it. You want to help them out where you can, but you shouldn't do that. <laughs> I don't, I think it's actually wrong. Affirmative action is very wrong. But, but Lindsay, morally. yeah. What, what, what does this say to the black man and woman that has the capacity that says, that offends me. I don't need a handout. I don't need affirmative action. I don't need to be put in front of the line. I want to prove it. I want to do it by merit. I've done it all my life. And this is an insult to me. Because now next to him, he's going to have other blacks that don't measure up to his, you know, to a true standard. Oh, they, they got let in because, oh, somebody felt sorry. You're a victim. You see, that's the nonsense that goes in our country, and it's destroying us. Wokeness is destroying our country. If we don't put a stop to it, all this attack, it's a form of reverse racism. First, it's starting with the white men, white privilege, patriarchy, all this stuff. At the end of the day, it's going it's to continue down the line with all men. They're not going to make no difference. It's not only going after that 1% white privilege. I'm, obviously, like my teacher told me, from uh, he's a nurse. I remember I was taking a, a gerontology class. Geriatrics, Gerontology, 101 at Pas Pasadena City College about four years ago. And my teacher told me, Vladdy, this is my white privilege. I came from Indiana. I got a job here in California. I started community college, went on to uh, Cal State LA, four years, got my BSN, bachelor's in, in, you know, in, for nursing, and then went for my master's. That's my white privilege. I worked for it. It did not get handed to me. That was his white privilege. I mean, he earned it. He earned it being a teacher. He earned it being a nurse practitioner. They don't tell you about those 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 people that he didn't come out from privileged, rich, elitist, one percenter, as they claim all white males come from, which is a complete well ball of crap. And the reality is, whites have to stand up and start fighting this bullshit. Latinos, believe me, they'll back you up because they're coming after us, males and blacks and anybody else, because they want their progressive utopia in a way that's why they want to use socialism because they, they want to cause people to be docile just like stalin did to people that's why they want to instill their socialism really that's what they tell you eventually it becomes full-fledged communism which we're not going to be able to get out it'll be war because they'll collect guns do away with the constitution i mean worse things we already seen it in history hitler did it to his own people started collecting guns and what happened the, the jews weren't able to to rebel fight them off that's going to be a problem. So if we allow this form of progressivism, which eventually will go into become full-fledged socialism, and socialism gives way to communism, that's their utopia, if we allow it. I'm not saying in speaking against social programs, which is totally different. What I tell people is why people start, don't start uh, you know, standing up for their rights and start fighting this power, which is usually a minority, by the way. It can be done. It's usually the majority of leftists that speak for a minority, like LGBTQ and all of it. It's usually the majority of progressives that speak for another minority. If you don't start fighting those camps, there won't be no future. 
honestly, I feel so. I don't know where white white people are going to go. What's going to happen to them? You're going to because honestly, there is people that have another side. They don't want to see you just put down on the floor, enslaved. They want you to pay for your sins of your ancestors. That is wrong. That has been wrong biblically. I'm coming to it from a biblical perspective. That is wrong. They, you know, not even God holds you accountable for your, your father's mother's sin. That's only for each individual. I look at it from a biblical perspective. So I don't know what, what white people are going to do, what kind of future they're going to have. If your numbers are demised, you're, you're, you're not birthing the right numbers, repopulating, and then you're going down the, the, the woke way, the way of the woke, what's going to happen with white folks? It's well, going to be white folks killing white folks. That's what's going to happen. That's horrible. Well, but so I've, I've replayed this in my head thinking, you know, this, this, all this stuff, all this bickering between this, you know, races, as we become more status, as the government has more control and grows bigger, what different factions do is they try to get a piece of the government pie and then like exploit other people in the country to their advantage. And, and so there's this idea that statism uh, always leads to this racism because if you if you have to get your your um, your identity and your economic spoil systems from this state, you're what is the the lowest common denominator group to join? It's by race, and the so right now there's these quote unquote allies right of blacks, these white allies who, you know are pushing this goal of CRT. They're on board, right? Um, They're making money off this movement some way or another, in my opinion. Well, what happens down the line when this actually escalates into a really big conflict, right? Some black person is going to see this white ally and from a distance, all they're going to know is that they have white skin and that they're the enemy. Right. So I feel like these white allies eventually, um, you know, if they're not extremely popular and well known, like a Biden or Pelosi or I don't know, somebody like really high up, like a Warren, uh, Elizabeth Warren type. All you have to go on is skin color. And if that's the basis for your group identification, right, and you're sort of, and I'm not talking about real warring, I'm just talking about political warring, where you you have a faction, a trade group right now, where we, it's best seen right now where we have different trade groups. Like, so there's this environmentalist movement, there's the fossil fuel, you know, guys, and they're all vying for political power to uh, either defend themselves against other groups who might punish them, right? So we see fossil fuel industry being punished from the environmentalist camp, but then we also see, you know, aggressive factions like uh, trying to get favor, right? Trying to get get certain privileges in the tax code or, you know, you see this everywhere. But what I'm noticing our country devolving into is this, this you know, fr- we, we, we came from this idea that different trade groups in our, you know, capitalist kind of quasi-capitalist system we're not really true you know capitalism anymore we're we're more state-run economy but instead of identifying with like oh i'm a cryptocurrency guy i'm gonna you know send some money to the cryptocurrency lobby over here or i'm a green person i'm gonna send it to the environmentalist lobby over here now we're devolving into racial groups right where hey i'm part of black lives matter you know i i support this faction versus I'm, you know, 
Hispanic. I support the La Raza camp or whatever it is that they that they are, um, or the Chinese. I saw this article. Um, so there's this Asian group that got a bunch of money from California recently, um, and it was it was something about how Asians, you know, they're being targeted, you know, through through uh, there's, there's a lot of crime on the Asian community specifically. And so this 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 law or whatever this this award was was to go to help the Asian community that's being victimized in California. I can't remember what city it was in, but what's crazy is that this money didn't just go to the police, right? To to beef up policing or or help patrol maybe Asian neighborhoods. I mean, it could have gone to the police department who could have distributed in areas that it needed. It went to Asian nonprofits like that just said that they're going to help fight Asian crime. This is just race spoils. I mean, we've devolved now into now racial groups are vying for 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 state uh, power, for state spoils right from the taxpayer. This is bad. This is how you have this is how you have ethnic tribalism rivalry. And I don't know how to stop it. If anybody has a comment uh, along these lines, um, feel free to chime in. You, the way you stopped, um, let me give you an example. And not the whole example. In uh, 2018, we had the World Cup, right? And we're going to have it again this year. But France won. And what they told Macron back then, is people were asking, sorry if I make a lot of noise, I'm getting in my car. And they asked Macron, well, how do we talk about these black players who were the majority? A very young uh, son of immigrants from Cameroon, uh, Kylie Maccabi, Killian Maccabi, and he goes, they're not black African. The whole team is African, is, is French, sorry. It's not African. Stop uh, hyphenating. When we start, like Morgan Freeman said to Don Lemon, Start calling each other American and stop the bullshit of hyphenation. Oh, I'm Irish American. I'm Mexican American. I'm Black American. I'm Asian. Fuck that. I'm gonna say it like that. Sorry with the bad language. Get your shit together. We're American. We have the power to stop the racist, leftist mislabeling. If we don't do something about it, late Lindsay, I promise you, the seeds of the next, of the next revolutionary war, of the next uh, civil war are being planted right now. We have to look at each other as American and stop saying that white supremacy is like 1940 when you know Jim Crow laws and people were hanged. It's nothing like that. A lot of advances have been made. But we gotta stop the labeling. American, period. You're born, raised here, period, you're American. You're not nativist, you're not a Native American, you're, or African, or they're black to tell you, I, I've never been in Africa. You can't blame them. They're black American. Just leave it as American. We have to look at each other that way. Because if we continue to make all these uh, segregation, it's kind of the new segregation, this is the problem we end up with. A new form of racism, uh, inequality, that we ourselves are allowing with all this labeling. Just like the word racism is being cheapened out, it's going to have no value. The same thing with the gender role. It's going to have no value. I'll push, we got, I'll push back on you just a little bit and, you know, you can tell me if you think that I'm right or not. Um, I'm fine with, like, different people, you know, coming here and bringing their culture with them and, and, and keeping a part of that, right? Uh, their traditions, right? Their whatever it is that they do, as long as, you know, 
I say as long as it doesn't break the laws that we have here, I'm fine with that. And I'm fine with them keeping their own identity and even to some extent keeping their own language, right? Maybe just learning a little bit of English now. I think it'd be great if they could learn English, but that's sort of not my point. My point is that we can exist as a multicultural society if if we we say to these to every single group, hey, look, you cannot vie for state power and put other groups down, right? So you can't um, lobby the government to have affirmative action, or you can't lobby the government to have, I don't know, reparations, or you can't, you know, get certain privileges from the government, right, at the expense of taxpayers and expense of other races. I think to have like a, a harmonious multicultural society, we need to say that no group can can um, assume state power and sort of impose this racial hierarchy, right? And and and, and um, benefit their own race uh, at the expense of other races. Um, now, is that really possible in some kind of constitutional republic or democracy? I think it would be rare. I think because, you know, um, what we have now isn't really what this country was start, you know, founded as. We have, you know, today it's like a democracy. We're sort of a democracy. <laughs> I mean, each person has a vote, but then, you know, there's somebody that go that, that casts their vote for other for others, right? So it's not a strictly populist uh, or I forgot what, it, what it's called when they just tally up all the votes. But... Um, but we do have sort of this kind of democracy um, and sort of mob rule. I mean, democracy is mob rule where the most votes wins. And so whoever has the most people on their side or their ethnic group or whatever can win uh, and punish other groups. But there is something interesting. I don't know if you've heard of Amy Chu. She's written about the... Um, <laughs> the minority, the dominant uh, ethnic minority in countries like Asia and where they had a Chinese minority who happened to be the economic uh, powerhouse of a, of a, like a Malaysian country where the Malaysian people started to resent this, this minority in their country who held a lot of the wealth, right? Who, who held a lot of the wealth. And there's, this presents racial conflict, right? So, but, you know, our, our, our country was founded on individualism where no, no mob could, you know, take the rights away or take the property away from any individual. Um, and, this, you know, the smallest minority is the, act, is the individual, right? And we're trampling over rights of individuals in this country all the time. Um, and, and you know, I'm a libertarian. I tend to, to be, you know, staunchly individualistic. Uh, and I think the problem, like our problem is that we have a huge state, that we have um, this, you know, what I see is fascism, right? But now it's, it's really, it's not just like uh, companies, it's not just states controlling companies. It's now it's it's got a racial element to it, which is even worse. I mean, it's really bad when you have uh, big companies, right, 
in states dictating to them what they can do. And then the the company sort of doing the bidding of the state. Um, But it's really, really bad when you, I think you have racial groups now sort of acting like a Google. Like you you think of like BLM, I know it's an organization, but think of like, there's this black movement where they have a lot of political power and they're like, they're almost like a little Google, right? They're almost like they have as much pull as a Google, maybe even more. And it's, it's hard. It's, it's almost like a crypto, like a DAO, where it's hard to, it's hard to identify this group, but it's this collective, right? It's this racial collective that has enormous power. You could also think of Hispanics that have this enormous power. I'd say white people are not organized, right? They, they, they're not even a DAO yet. They haven't even like considered their own interests, right? They don't think that they should, which I think is good. Like white people, the last people to organize by race is a good thing because ideally this is really bad. This is really bad for society, for our country. Uh, we don't want to organize in groups by race. It just leads to conflict, uh, which leads to bad stuff, really bad stuff. But the problem is, is that if every other racial group is doing so, if whites don't do it, how are they going to defend themselves? Like if whites don't assert, hey, you can't push me around just because I'm white, you know, this idea that this is an idea that shouldn't be talked about. Well, how do you, how do you defend yourself? How do you defend, like I'm being attacked because I'm white or I'm being discriminated because I'm white. Uh, how do you defend that? If you don't make the claim that like, yeah, I'm a ra- I'm, I guess I'm a part of a discriminated racial group that's being discriminated against. So. Oops, I muted myself. If anyone wants to chime in on that line of argumentation, uh, feel free to do so. I'm just going to catch my breath here and and think about my next comment. Um, So I'll just mention, um, I don't know if anybody here is a libertarian type. Um, or objectivist, but there's this really great um, <clears throat> lecture by Leonard Peikoff about the OJ trial uh, and how it's timeless, right? And he explains a lot of uh, what happened in the OJ trial was, you know, it was it was a criminal, alleged criminal OJ versus a victim. <laughs> or the state, right, prosecuting OJ for a crime that he allegedly committed. Um, but what happened here, and, and he analyzes it, like, from a philosophy perspective, is that <laughs> um, what, what people saw, what Blacks tended to see, was something very different than whites. And they almost, like, substituted in uh, in for the victims that were white, they didn't really look at the victim and the crime itself. They, they sort of didn't look at this instance, but they sort of sub, substituted this idea of this is a case of whites versus blacks, right? So it was extremely tribal uh, for black people or for most black people, not, not all, but for a lot of them, it was like, hey, we really want to get OJ off uh, because we this is this is a symbol for us. This is like a symbol of white versus black, right? And and he describes the way in which 
um, the evidence was presented and this, the defense used sort of anti-reason where they said anything could, you know, there could be any plausible, um, there could be any plausible, uh, reason for, uh, you know, the blood spatter here or there, the police could have been plotting against OJ, like basically arguments that had no basis, right? And, and the court would have thrown this stuff out because it wasn't, there's no evidence to back it up. You can't just present any argument in a court of law. It has to be based on reason, like reason, what is reasonable. And um, the idea was, is that they played the race card because they could. And the race card was the motivation, right? The tribal nature of the case was the motivation. And then the, the idea that um, reasonable doubt could mean anything we want it to mean, right? It could be, it could be whatever we want, sort of an I wish philosophy where we don't have to base it in real evidence. It could be, it could be rejecting reason and still claiming to uphold yourself to reasonable standards. Uh, it, it's just, a, it's, it's a fascinating uh, lecture and I've watched it numerous times and every time I watch it, I get something new out of it. <laughs> um, and it, you know, it explains, he has this great line about how altruism leads to collectivism and collectivism like leads to statism and statism always leads to racism. This is idea that altruism is this, this self-sacrifice narrative. And if you're self-sacrificing, if you're self-sacrificing to a collective, uh, which if you want to say you're self-sacrificing to the state, you know, that's what, that's one avenue. But then if you're, if you're self-sacrificing to the state, uh, and everyone is in their collective group, right? Uh, then this statism eventually leads to racism. Because if you have to, this goes back to my earlier line, if you have to like uh, get all of your resources from the state, right? Or the state is divvying out goods based off of are you black or white or whatever you are, uh, then you're going to join a group. And then this leads to factions. So in my opinion, it's, it's kind of like different business trade groups fighting each other right now. It's what we see uh, different trade groups fighting. And now we're going towards this idea of now different racial groups are going to be fighting each other, right? Which is throwing in this element of race, which is really, really bad, right? This is, this is really bad. And I, I wonder if anyone can explain to me why is, why is fighting for your racial group, um, for certain privileges for your racial group at the state level, why is that worse than, say, an Exxon Mobil, right, um, in a particular industry, fighting for certain privileges, maybe tax cuts or something at the state level? How are the two different? Because you could argue that both both are groups, right? Both are groups that are going to the state, running to the state for maybe privileges. Uh, and why is one group worse than the other? I mean, one is based off race, and we tend to think that automatically this is really bad. But why is this group diff? Why is this group so bad in our minds morally, versus say a trade group like the fossil fuel industry, or say Wall Street? Right? They all have a common interest, or even the cryptocurrency space. Right? They have lobbyists. Right? That want to pass certain laws. Uh, why is it really bad for like? A group of black people to run to the state 
and try to, you know, um, beef up affirmative action or make sure that it's still around or maybe invoke, you know, reparations or, or Hispanics. Maybe they have certain interests um, for their racial group. Maybe they want to pass, maybe they want to pass their own like holiday. Maybe there's a holiday that's important to Hispanic heritage. And like we saw, you know, Congress pass Juneteenth, Juneteenth, uh, about a year ago for blacks. Um, you know, why is it bad for Hispanics to get together and maybe pass their own uh, new federal holiday? Uh, or, I mean, I'm trying to think of examples, but I'm trying to reason in my mind, if, you're, if we are okay with trade groups, you know, running to government and trying to lobby Congress for certain favorable laws for their industry, why is it bad or wrong for a racial group to do the same thing, right, to, to advantage their group? Um, I, I think my answer, my basic answer is like, it's all bad. It's all bad. I don't like it when certain groups run to the government, certain trade groups, let's say, and get certain privileges, right, ex at the expense of others. Maybe, you know, the environmentalists or renewable industry get certain tax, tax cuts, uh, for being green. I don't like that. I think it's an unfair advantage. Um, and I just think it's even worse morally when you're doing so by race, by, by this group, um, called race. And I think part of the difference is, is when you're in a trade group, you're, you're in a business, your, your motive is profit. And, you know, you're somewhat of a, you know, you're, you're usually a legitimate business there to make a profit. Um, that's why you're together. And, you know, you compete with competitors that are in your same industry, other people that are trying to sell solar panels or wind turbines or whatever, they, whatever it is that you're trying to sell. So you, you sort of are competing against them to sell more units, but you also realize that you're in a common industry and maybe it would be good to lobby together, right? Or to, to donate to the same lobbyist um, versus if you're just um, a loose association of, of like a racial group, like say black people. Um, uh, you're, you're sort of not really a business other than you've decided to join this thing called, you know, black people and you're going to serve this interest group and yes some people might take might take more advantage of it than others uh but you're just trying to get goodies for just this loose association of people by just skin color but they're not a real business i mean unless you include you know black lives matter maybe in there as a business i mean they kind of are a business but but it's not just about this one group called black lives matter it's like it's Every, you know, technically, if you're black uh, and if you want to jump in right to this collective to, you know, lobby for 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 black interests, right, to get laws passed for black people, you don't necessarily have to be part of Black Lives Matter. Um, I think that's that's part of why I have a problem with it. But the real problem is that it's by race. Like that's the that's the discerning factors. It's by race versus you know, some trade industry group. But but the commonality here is both groups are trying to run to government to, you know, pass certain favors for their group. And, it you know, if you go, go to government to try to pass certain favors for your group, usually 
you're doing so at the expense, you know, of other people who have to pay for that because the government doesn't have any money uh, to dole out. So it's taxpayer money, but it's also that they can, can regulate, right? They can cert- set certain rules. Like we have to be, you know, percentage renewable by 2030, right? This was, that could be bad for the fossil fuel industry and good for the re- renewable industry. Um, so it doesn't always have to be about a transfer of wealth through the taxpayer. It could just be setting, setting down rules that, that favor certain groups. But yeah, in my opinion, doing anything by race is, is just really bad. And, you know, if you're being discriminated by race in hiring, which I actually have been, I feel like I was discriminated at one point. Um, <laughs> You know, like they, they chose somebody because they were black instead of me. Like, I feel like that was the, the reason. I can't prove it. But, you know, at the time it was it, it sucked, like, you know. So it, 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 at, any, at any rate, um, you know, if you're being discriminated by race, this stuff is really tribal. And I think that we, we sort of forget how how close we are to our our you know our dis you know what we think of as distant ancestors but really in the scheme of you know human evolution we're we're pretty savage i mean we're we we have all these you know the justice system and everything we've come up with is really great um for objective you know giving people the benefit of the doubt and having to prove you know somebody actually committed a crime right before before we go and and punish them we let the state do that which is good but this has only been around for you know a little while and i i just feel like i need an anthropologist in here to explain how tribal we can be and how we have to really fight that um but why fight? Why should whites fight this when blacks are embracing it? So my biggest problem with, you know, these racial groups, right? Uh, you know, this whole this whole, everyone's race conscious now more than we've ever been, I think. Uh, but my biggest problem is that black people, you know, other races to some extent are encouraged to to form little groups together to advocate uh, to vie for state power, right? They, they're actually encouraged to do this. Oh, Black people should unite, right? We should unite to, uh, you know, to, 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 to help our group, right? They've decided that the best way to help Black people is through collective action, right? Through state power, which in my opinion is really bad. Like they've decided to go the state route, Right. Instead of going the individualist route, they've decided to go the state route. Um, and it's almost like some some thought leaders in the black community are going to be the only ones that can turn that ship around. But it's so entrenched at this point. I don't know if it can be. I, I actually pretty bearish on that idea. Uh, but it's going to get worse. That means that it's going to get worse. That means that the power that they hold that if we get rid of affirmative action, let's just say, as a country, we say, hey, this isn't good. This is discriminating by race. Uh, it's not okay to do this. Blacks will freak out, right? Blacks will think this is a, race, a racist tactic by white people, that white people are, you know, the enemy here. And I mean, it, it does hurt blacks because now they don't have the same privileges, right, that they used to enjoy through affirmative action. But it's going in the right direction, right? They shouldn't have had this privilege ever to begin with. It was it was wrong to 
discriminate based on race to give blacks affirmative action, you know, but I don't think they're going to see it that way. I think they're going to come out and say, this is a form of white supremacy, right? We're going backwards, right? We're going backwards. I think that most blacks would probably say that. I think that most blacks probably agree with that, you know, and I have to just point out, you know, Glenn Lowry, he's this guy that doesn't like affirmative action, a black, black professor of economics, but but here's part of the problem with even him, right? And he's a rare guy on on this on honors on you know the side against affirmative action that just happens to be black. But the way that he talks about affirmative action is that it ultimately hurts black people, right? It's not good for black people because blacks end up in colleges that they you know are departments where they can't compete. And so they end up dropping out or feeling bad, you know, feeling at you know the low low part of their class. And so it's ultimately bad for black people. Well, what about why doesn't he comment and say this is wrong because it discriminates against other groups? So they're still black centered. They're still like focused on does this help black people or does it hurt black people? So in my opinion, Glenn Lowry doesn't know how to even evaluate affirmative action law and whether it's right or wrong. He's he is centering black people. And this is what is wrong with what people do today is they say, is this policy good for blacks or is it bad for blacks? That's how they evaluate whether a law is good or not or whether it has, quote unquote, disparate impact. Right. So, you know, uh, speeding laws or something or traffic violations are more black people being pulled over. OK, get rid of the law. Right. And in Glenn Lowry, his reasoning is all backward. Right. Maybe he's 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 sort of tailoring this to his audience. I don't know. But in my opinion, he should come out and say affirmative action is wrong because it discriminates against everyone else who isn't black. Blacks are technically the ad- advantage by affirmative action because they can get into schools that they would normally not be able to get into. Right. Or get into Google or whatever, you know, coveted job there might be. Right. So they technically are the beneficiaries. How can he say that this actually harms black? Well, he's talking about a second order effect. Right. But again, he's centering this idea of is affirmative action good or not through does this help black people? This is how every law in this country now is being evaluated, which, in my opinion, is really (laughs) wrong. Right. Not only are we centering, you know, it's like a black standard. Is this good for blacks? Okay, it's great. If it's bad for blacks, okay, it's bad. Right. But we're not evaluating the law based on basic, you know, principles and, and whether this is harmful to someone else that's not black. Right. We're just we're just saying, hey, how how are the blacks doing with this? OK, good. We'll keep it. OK, bad. Maybe maybe it's not that great. And it's also sort of not very popular with other races. So, yeah, let's let's scrap it. That's 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 Glenn Lowry for you. <laughs> uh, and maybe, he, you know, I heard him talking about this uh i don't know a while back and this was his answer maybe he's revised it so i haven't listened listened to everything the guy has said uh so uh but but again i I keep hearing you know even even heather mcdonald uses this black centering which i dislike so heather mcdonald of city journal she talks about like crime and stuff and you know policing especially and how we need more policing in these minority neighborhoods not less and she always says that if the cops back off, you know, it's it's blacks that actually are harmed from this. Um, that may be that may be the case, but again, we shouldn't be judging a law 
based off of whether it's good or bad for <laughs> for black people because you always have to say well well, well, who, right? The criminals or the, the law-abiding blacks? Obviously, she's talking about the law-abiding blacks in this case. Um, but this isn't a standard by which we really want to be evaluating every single piece of, you know, legislation or code or law, in my opinion. Uh, so if anybody, if anybody has any comments, um, feel free to, <clears throat> to jump in. Uh, Uh, if not, thank you for listening and uh, uh, chat later.